Hello, everybody. Welcome back. Hello and welcome. I'm Latara. And I'm Laura. And you're listening to Passions Podcast. Podcast. Yep, yep, yep. So, this is Passions Podcast episode 11. No. 12. (laughs) Are you serious? This is Passions episode 16, podcast episode 12. Okay, episode 16 and 17 we're doing today. Yep. Podcast, Jesus. Okay. (laughs) <laughs> okay. Woo, woo. I know I have to like keep track of it. Like I write it at the top of each All episode, I, yeah. otherwise I can't. I have it on my computer, like the folders for each episode of us, mm, right? Mm-hmm. But then on my phone, I just do like the episode number of whatever episode I'm taking notes on. Right? Yeah, that makes sense. With the double episodes, yeah, with the new format, it makes it a little bit moving to, right like, along. Yeah. All right. So we are going to talk about passions again, yet again. Yet again. One more time. We've dedicated ourselves to so many hours yeah. <laughs> of watching this show and, and talking I, about it. And I love it. I you know, I'm I don't regret my decision yet. I don't regret the decision. I, I also don't remember anything. You know what I mean? Like we do it, we have fun, and then that's just kind of the end. I remember a lot. But I do listen to the episodes a lot because I edit them. Yeah. So, it, yeah, I remember a lot. Yeah. my I don't remember anything ever, so <laughs> this is unsurprising to me. Anyway, let's get into it. Yeah, we start this episode in at the Lopez Fitzgerald home where Miguel is drinking directly from the carton in the kitchen. Yeah, we don't know what he's drinking from, though, because they've slapped, like, a blue sticker to cover the label. So yeah. I don't know if it's orange juice. Or milk. I think it's milk. probably orange juice. Probably. It kind of looks it, like orange juice. I feel me. like, yeah, it looks like a carton of orange juice. Mm-hmm. Or yeah. like a carton of, like, uh, nut milk. You know, I like don't an, think it was like an nut milk, milk in 1999. Exactly. That's what I was going to say. It's like, I don't think that that's what it was 20 years ago. Yeah, so he's in the kitchen in his tank top, drinking his juice or whatever out of the carton. And Louise comes in shirtless. Shirtless Louise. Sigh. It's the morning. <laughs> it's the morning. We've we reached finally day three. reached day three after... Yeah. 10 episodes. We spent 10 yeah. episodes in day two. Yeah, five in day one. 11 in day episodes two. in day two. Yeah. Yeah. Here we are. Woof. All right, here we are. Hopefully, hopefully this day goes by fast. A new day has dawned. Finally. <laughs> Finally. It was getting ridiculous. That's so many episodes for one day. Of... I was getting restless with it, to be honest. Yeah. It was, it was time. It's a lot of, that's a lot of time to spend on one day. But it's a lot of time for Ethan to just constantly be getting dunked into stuff. Oh, two days of him just being covered in goo. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so we start at the Lopez Fitzgerald home. It's the next morning. And Louise comes in shirtless, glistening in the the morning. <laughs> in the morning covered light. in morning dew. <laughs> and, <laughs> and he and Miguel start talking about you know, Teresa should be home by now because her shift, I would have thought her shift would have been, would have ended about an hour ago. And have you talked to her? Luis is asking Miguel. Miguel knows that Teresa no longer works at the cannery. (laughs) (laughs) Miguel knows what happened at the cannery last night, but Luis does not know yet. And he's kind of covering for Teresa, right? Mm -hmm. Which is really nice. Yeah, it's sweet. Uh, Luis, Miguel somehow convinces Luis that Teresa's over this little crush, or maybe Luis makes that assumption. Mm-hmm. They kind of move past that, and then the boys start talking about this contest that they've agreed to participate in at the carnival. And neither one of them really knows what it is, but because they've been asked to bring their swimming trunks, they just assume it's a it's a swimming contest. Right. And they have a little, like, bravado moment where yeah. they're like, I'm going to beat you. No, I'm going to swim faster than you, old man. But nobody's going to beat the Lopez Fitzgerald brothers. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> anyway. And that's basically it. Well, no, it's not. <laughs> well, it's that's it for the contest stuff in that moment. In that moment. Good. Yeah. In the kitchen, Luis and Miguel are still having their little conversation about Teresa. Because that whole scene was really more about letting us know how proud Luis is mm-hmm. of Teresa. Right? He right. says how proud he is of her. And, you know, she really got knocked down by that proposal. But she picked herself back up. And I'm so glad she's, like, over this crane nonsense and she worked at the cannery and she didn't give me any lip about it and Miguel's just like oh mm-hmm, uh-huh, yeah 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 she mm-hmm, she's totally over it totally 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 yeah yeah you got it yeah yes. this isn't a problem anymore no problem nothing then we cut to where Teresa really is 
which is asleep at Whitney's house because Whitney was nice enough to let Teresa sleep over last night. Mm -hmm. And Teresa, we go into, again, the mind of Teresa. Oh, what a mind it is. She has some issues. Delusion. Delusions. Yeah, she's She's a delusional person. She's Mm -hmm. a delusional person. Yeah, and so she, well... I'm not sure if this is like a, well, it doesn't matter if it's a fantasy or a dream, daydream, whatever it is. Basically, she and Ethan in this fantasy world of hers are out in like this little garden. She's sitting on a little wooden swing. It's very picturesque. And they're talking about how they love each other and about how grateful she is that he understands that she never meant to throw any of that junk on him. He's an accident. He says it to her in her, in her fantasy, in her dream. He says to her. I know you never meant to spill all that stuff on me. <laughs> I know you love me. He says it to her, it to her. which is so oh, funny gosh. to me because she that's what she wants for him to say to her. Yeah, right? and she's kind of using, using him as a him mouthpiece. to absolve her. Yeah. And, and then he goes to kiss her in, the, in this little dream and then the phone starts ringing and she's like, well, somebody answer that phone in the fantasy and then it snaps us into reality where the phone Where the phone is, is ringing because Miguel's ringing. calling to find out, where's Teresa? She needs to get back now. <laughs> yeah. Louise, Louise is, is getting like, suspicious. She should have been home from work an hour ago. Where yeah. is she? <laughs> yeah. And um, maybe she got overtime. So Miguel is on the phone with Whitney, who has like an office phone in her bedroom. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's like one of those phones with like line one, line two, line three, line yeah. four, line five. Because Teresa wakes up at, to the phone call, the phone ringing or whatever. And Whitney's already on the phone with Miguel, but she's put him on speakerphone. And she she hears Miguel's voice through the speakerphone. It's like, Miguel, where are you? Yeah, Miguel, <laughs> as if he was in the room with her. Because she can't tell the difference between someone on speakerphone and a person in the room with her. To be fair, she was like in that in that uh, space between wakefulness and sleep. Okay, you know. So I feel, but also it was funny. It I was laughed. funny. I mean, I laughed. It was so goofy. It was just such She's a goofy. So confused. I think it was what we were supposed to laugh. It yeah. was just so goofy. But um, yeah. So Miguel is saying to her, "Hey, you got to come home. All Louise can talk about is how proud of you he is right now." So I don't know what you're going to do, but you need to figure something out, basically. So Teresa and Whitney head back to Teresa's house as Luis is leaving. Yeah, they somehow, it's one of those stupid things. It was so dumb. The door is open and Luis should have seen them. And then like Miguel like tries to cover and closes the door and then then they sneak him as Luis is leaving. Yeah. It doesn't work. Well, it's a theatrical device that does work. In that space, but I don't think on film it worked. Yeah, it works on stage, but not in, yeah, a TV show. Yeah. Anyway, he, he, Miguel, kind of covers for Teresa, tells Louise, hey, don't you want to go out the front door? (laughs) (laughs) And Louise is a better door. And Louise is like, you know what, you're right. And he goes out the front door instead (laughs) of going out the back, and that's how he doesn't see Teresa, basically. Ridiculous. Yeah, it's so dumb. And then Teresa comes in and starts talking such nonsense about Ethan again. I didn't even write anything down because it was either. so annoying. It was recap. It was just recap for people who haven't watched the show. And that's all it was. Well, again, she's escalating because now she's like, I just got to call him. Oh, yeah. She says she wants to call him and apologize and explain what happened. Yeah. That it was all an accident. She's just going to call Ethan Crane. Right. Whatever. Oh, so Lord, that that's all we have for right now. We'll come back to a little bit a little bit more Teresa stuff, but not much, right? Yeah. But what? Let's talk about Kay and Jessica, I guess. Yeah. That's a good chunk of this episode. Yeah. So we, we are introduced to these girls. They're in uh, Kay and Jessica's room. Kay and Simone are there. And Simone is asking some good questions. She's saying, you know, Kay, you've put together this contest, but what if the men walk out once they discover what it really is? Because you have really, you've kept it from them. You've lied to them. What if they refuse to compete? What ha- What are you going to do? What is, your, what is the actual plan here? Because we have to execute it today. You right. Know? And then Jessica interrupts. She comes in the, in the room and is looking at them as they're working on these sashes and she's like, you know, that was such a waste of your time and such a waste of your money. This is so stupid. Blah, 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 blah. And while she's laying into Kay, Kay 
starts having her little delusional fantasy. She's looking at a picture of Miguel in like a baseball uniform. And then he starts talking to her and she's responding to him. I mean, these teenage girls are mooning over these boys and it's ridiculous. I don't know. These girls, get a life. Get a life, girls. Oh my gosh. Get a grip, these girls. And I truly, I remember laughing at the fantasy she was having, but I don't remember what was said. I not me neither. <laughs> I don't know. I don't remember either because it was so st- stupid. It was and so it was stupid. Also eclipsed by what happened directly afterwards. Oh my god! Which is Kay tells Jessica that she saw Miguel naked, and Jessica's like, "No, you didn't. I don't believe you." Yeah, she's like, "Oh well, no, you, yeah, I don't believe that you did that." Blah blah blah. And, Kay, and Kay's like, "Well, yes, I did." And I bet that that other girl that he met at at the carnival never saw him naked. As if that means anything. Yeah. That, of course not. They met at a, at a beverage stand yeah. and then she went home. So it turns out Kay snuck into the boys' locker room dressed in football gear to spy on the boys. So she, it turns out Kay is a teenage sexual predator. She's a complete creep, this girl. I mean, that's inexcusable. She, she wants to talk about Reese. She's a creep. That, that... That yeah no I mean if the roles were reversed this would be a lifetime movie yeah right yeah. absolutely it it was awful and she's sitting there bragging about it and they're all kind of giggling and over talking it. about how she like slapped a couple of the boys butts yeah and that she saw them like naked yeah and, and then the, and then Miguel came out in all his glory yeah and <laughs> as she's telling this story she is has her back to oh. the door to the door to the bedroom. Simone and Kay, not Kay, Simone and Jessica. Jessica are facing the door and looking at her, right? And Grace and Sam come through the door, right? And are standing behind Jessica. Right. Kay, Jesus Christ, these girls. <laughs> Grace and Sam come through the door and are standing directly behind Kay yeah. as she's telling this insane story and they come in at the part where she says i didn't want them to think i was gay well she said they were they were all looking i I was staring at them and i didn't want them to all think i was like gay or anything (laughs) and grace and sam just kind of look at each other what is going on and so Kay kind of gets in trouble. Yeah, they give them a little bit of a talking to, and then they like all of the girls like what you're what is this like you better be careful, I'm going to tell your mom about what you said. And then they look at Kay and they're like, we're going to talk to you later. Yeah, because they, when they leave, we find out they didn't hear the whole story. Right. They only heard a little bit at the end. So they don't even, they were like, what is she talking about? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what is up with this, the, the, our daughter? Yeah. Something is wrong. Yeah, it's, they're like, a little later, they're like talking with each other and making sandwiches and stuff. And uh, Grace and Sam decide that it is the right moment to look into her past they're going to log into the missing persons chat room together. The missing persons chat room. The. The. <laughs> the only one. Because they, he's a they, police officer. He doesn't have access to information Nothing. Like no databases. Anything no, like that. No. So they do a little recap of, yes, Grace doesn't remember 20 years of her life. She thinks maybe... She has those two moles and that other person knew about her two moles. So, and she's just saying like, why did that person stop talking to you? And so they do all that. But as they're talking, Tabitha comes in. But before Tabitha comes in, can we talk about what Tabitha was doing at her own home? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so while the, while this is all happening at the Bennett house, Tabitha is casting another spell. Yeah. All she's doing, I'm into it. She's just she's making She's doing enchantment. Yeah, she's got like a, like a thurible with incense like burning yeah and, and, and i don't know i should it's great one of these days i should like quote exactly some of the things that she's saying so that i can say them to you oh yeah. one of the things i wrote like, it down it's, oh good she wrote let the darkness take the light yes. that's what she said yes. <laughs> <laughs> let the darkness take the light but you're the light of my life you're Tabitha. the light of my life you she's are the-, the light of my life <laughs> Tabitha. Tabitha. And then Timmy comes in while she's doing this, and he's like, yesterday was such a hard day for Timmy. I was hoping we could sleep in. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess Timmy's, like, all tired because they've stayed up all night. Timmy Tabitha has been casting this spell all night long. She's been sitting at this table, cauldron bubbling and all this, for the, the entirety of the night, trying to get into Faith 
And Charity's home. Yeah. So, also, part of her enchantment includes a Ouija board. <laughs> I forgot. Just a Ouija. And what does she call it? She doesn't call it a Ouija board. She calls it, oh, like... I didn't write it down. Damn it. She calls it, like, her um, a magical gateway or something like that. It's like yeah. a It's like a gateway to evil or something like that. It was... A communication board, basically. Yeah, it's a board game. It's yeah. a Ouija board. I can buy it at Target. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> I can buy it at Target. I can buy this gateway at Target. Yeah. Available at Target. <laughs> no, so she she has her Ouija board. She's asking it questions, and it doesn't answer back to her. So she says, no news is good news. <laughs> and, then they, and then she and Timmy just go over to like this giant bag of cookies and start just piling them on a plate. Yep, because she's like, I'm going to take these cookies, my homemade cookies, over to the Bennett home. And Timmy says to her, but Tabitha, those aren't homemade. You didn't make those cookies. And she's like, I know. I can't make anything except for evil, is basically what she says to him. So she's taking them a plate of cookies over. And when she gets there, she says, here here are these cookies, right? Mm -hmm. And she sees their laptop out on the table in the kitchen and says, Oh, you've got one of these. What is that called? Yeah, what's this newfangled device? What's that called? And Grace goes, oh, it's a computer. Just, you know, it's a computer. It's a computer. You and, should know what this is. And then Grace tells her that she's trying to find her, not her sister, but that somebody knew who she was. Yeah, so they're going to log in And they're trying the to find that person again. Yeah, hunt this person down, get some information. So, um, so Tabitha finally leaves after that. They just... We only see that because so Tabitha knows that Faith and Grace are starting to make contact, right. possibly. So she goes back to her house and she says, no way am I going to let those goody two-shoes make contact. <laughs> she said, if I have to, I'll give a virus to the entire internet. <laughs> My favorite line in the whole That's show. Such a good line. My favorite show. If I have line to, I'll the, give the virus to the entire internet. Give a virus to the entire internet. Ugh. Great. And then Sam calls out the store-bought cookies. Right. He bites into a cookie. He's like, this isn't homemade. Yeah. Well, he bites into it. He, he gives Grace a little side-eye like, mm, mm-hmm. Ugh. Such a good cookie. He doesn't care for Tabitha. No. He doesn't he trust her. He's definitely suspicious about Tabitha. And Grace, you know, ever, like, oh, ever easygoing. She's just a sweet old lady. Nothing to worry about. Nothing to see here. Yeah, but let's talk about what that sweet old lady conjured. Yes. Over at Faith's house. Faith, so we find out Faith and Charity live in Castleton, Massachusetts, as I like to think. Okay. <laughs> um, there's a, and again, we have another teenage girl engaging in some, like, fantasy. Fantasizing. She, again, I'm not sure if it's a daydream or if it's, like, an actual dream. But, right. And she wakes up out of it. I'm not sure, but she's having a dream about Miguel. She has that same kind of fantasy that she had before about them being on that carousel. She had a yeah. dream about them being on the carousel and he, and they're on the same horse together, which large people are not allowed to be on one horse like that. that small is not, people aren't allowed. Maybe like a mother and an infant. Like adult, teenagers and adults, yes. A mother and a small child, they let be on like the horses. And even then, you're not allowed to be on the ones that go up and down. I'm just having a yeah, little moment right now. Yeah, the stationary one, doesn't yeah. it? Or you have to sit in like the carriage that's being yeah. drawn by it. Yeah, the two yeah. of them would never be allowed to be on one horse that's going up and down. I'm just saying. Anyway, yeah. so her fantasy is completely outlandish, you know? I just, my brain just went in the gutter a little bit on the one horse together. It's going up and down. Oh, maybe she's having like maybe a sexual dream. Maybe she's having dream. a little sex dream. <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> but like, it's daytime TV and they don't want to yeah. get too into it. I mean, they we're constantly watching like those other two people make out and have sex. Gwen and Ethan. Yeah. Ugh. They constantly are sucking each other's tonsils like they they're like fully making all the way out yeah but anyway yeah she's having her little fan yeah charity has a little sex dream and she wakes up and And um, she calls for her mom oh yeah she calls for her mom mom can we go to the the carnival again today mom mom and she gets no answer from faith so she gets up and she finds faith where we left her passed out in front of the door clutching her cross yeah so like if you pass out and are out cold all night long is that a coma you know no. what I mean? like that's not like that's un- unusual that's abnormal it's abnormal but it's not coma that's crazy though she just like pat she's like 
I don't know. That's weird. Because that's not sleeping. You know what I mean? What is yeah. it? Yeah. I don't know. It's magic. Okay. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. She finds her laying in front, sprawled out in front of the front door or yeah. whatever. Because Faith last night was trying to keep that beast out. And so yeah. she starts to explain to Charity. She explains to Charity. Oh, well, Faith, Charity says to her, oh, we need to get an ambulance. Let me get you to a hospital, which is a reasonable reaction yeah. to your, finding your mother on the floor in the morning. Mm-hmm. And Faith says to her, I don't need an ambulance. I need a priest because <laughs> because there was a beast not of this world trying to get into our house last night. She needs a priest. Sorry. So poor Ch- and the thing is, Faith is right. But Ch- think about that as a kid. Your yeah. mom, you wake up, your mom's just laying on the floor, clutching a giant wooden cross. Yeah. And then when you get her up, she says, no, I don't need to go. I don't need any medical help. I need a priest because a beast was trying to claw into our home last night. And also, you can't open the door or go outside. Yeah. But (laughs) Faith was right. Faith was right. Charity argues with her mother about this and says, you know, there's nothing out there to hurt them. You've gone too far with this religious stuff. You know, like, we really need to go out and live our lives. We deserve to be happy. Let's go to the Harmony Carnival again. Yeah, she says, the the happiest I've basically ever been was when we went to the carnival yesterday. And you know why? Because we were out having fun, doing normal things that normal people do. And it's a perfectly reasonable, like, she's a kid. She wants to go out and do things and not be stuck in the house, surrounded by angels and crosses all the time. Yeah, and I get it. I've been stuck in the apartment for nine weeks. So I'm losing weeks. my mind. So can you imagine if... So many weeks, it feels endless. But can you imagine if you were, like, a, I don't know... 15 maybe 15 16 year old and like you had really just been indoors constantly yeah like yeah i get it i get why she's yeah why she's pushing for this and you know faith agrees shockingly shockingly she's in tears but she agrees she's like yeah let's go to the carnival but we have to be home by dark dark. we can't stay out past dark yeah so faith goes to get ready to go to the carnival and charity goes to the front door and opens the door and said kind of muses um, about could there really be evil out there? And then she looks and sees there's deep, deep scratches in the front door. Yeah, and big scratches in the front door, and a two inch claw embedded in the front door. Yeah, and she does not seem concerned at all. She's in no way concerned. And the thing is, your mom just told you that a beast, not of this world, was trying to get in here last night. Then you find this giant claw in the door, and you're like. Oh, it must have been a raccoon. Yeah. Excuse me? She explains it away. (laughs) you ever seen a raccoon? I would hate to see the raccoon with two-inch claws. (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) Yeah, that thing looked like a raptor claw. Like the the, in the Jurassic Park movies where they found, like, the fossils and they've got that big fossilized raptor claw. That thing, it was huge. It was massive. What kind of beast do you think Tabitha conjured? Like, what do you think it was? A hellhound. I don't know. Like a giant, like... I don't know. I don't know. I don't think we'll I'm just ever trying to see. think what would leave that, like a giant bird. Yeah, it kind of did look like a talon. It, yeah, it looked like a talon to me. But like it was clawing at the door. You'd think that like some that would indicate that it was like an animal on legs, not in the air. Yeah, I don't know. No, they don't. I mean, they're never gonna tell us that. We're, and we're probably never gonna see it. No, they, they couldn't afford the, the CGI. CGI. No, there's no way. But <laughs> oh man, so uh, so yeah, so she explains away. Oh, this I guess it's just a raccoon claw, and decides. Not to mention it to her, her mother. Mom. Yep. They so Faith comes back and she hides the claw, and they leave. And somehow, somehow Faith didn't look at the door. Why wouldn't she have yeah. checked the door? She's the one that heard the clawing. Yeah, I thought that was weird too. In my head, I decided that Charity kind of just covered the door frame so that her mother couldn't see it like just kind of stood in the way okay maybe you know as they left okay. and distracted her i don't I, they don't tell us so yeah. i i don't know so they're headed back to the carnival yeah they're headed back to the carnival and faith grabs her laptop she's like you know maybe i'll do a little work on our way while we're on the bus which so, they don't have wi-fi on the bus not back then do they so how is she gonna May- get um, oh maybe she was just gonna maybe she was, by work she meant she was gonna just type something in a word document because that's what you can do on a bus yeah you're right i didn't think about that yeah because Grace and Sam are getting ready to get into the chat room. So and she's 
I would assume in the next episode she's got a laptop. She's probably going to get in the chat room too, but she can't do that because in 1999 buses didn't have Wi-Fi. And did we even did have, Wi-Fi? have Wi-Fi? Everything was like you had to have like, the Ethernet. Plug it in. Yeah. yeah. Dial-up still existed. Yeah. Heavy. Yeah. Hmm. I'm kind. Of, I don't know. Okay. Interesting. Maybe there's some. Uh, maybe she's going to do like some. Like I said, something in a word document. Yeah. Maybe she's just typing. Because. This is 1999. She's right? going to play Minesweeper. So we're like 11, 12. You remember Minesweeper? I loved Minesweeper. <laughs> I loved Minesweeper and uh, Galact- the, what is it? Galactic Pinball. Oh, yeah. My mom was crazy good at that. Yeah. yeah I loved it. She was really good at that. Man, oh, man. Yeah, it was fun. And Solitaire. Solitaire. Standby. These are, these are, these are our uh, standby. Classic. Solid. Solid games. Iconic games, yeah. really. Yeah. Who needs Angry Birds and Sims? <laughs> the Sims. Who needs this? Oh, no, I was playing The Sims in '99. Heavy, <laughs> heavy. I was playing The Sims. Anyway, let's let's go on. That's all there is with them. That's all there is. So we we have now kind of gotten everybody back to the carnival at this point, right? Mm-hmm. So the last thing we need to talk about is what's going on with this Mr. Harmony Hunk contest. That's yeah. what it's called. They have a big banner called that says the Mr. Harmony hunk contest i thought they were just gonna call it mr harmony that makes more sense to me than the mr harmony hunk contest these girls are stupid they don't know <laughs> they're ignorant these children oh my god she's like 15 yeah there you go they painted the banner on like brown paper yeah it, it was, like it looked like a brown paper a couple brown paper bags so luisa miguel luisa miguel sorry so look Lu- <laughs> miguel so miguel. Lu- <laughs> so Luis and Miguel now. <laughs> so Luis and Miguel um, show up to the carnival ready to swim right they're gonna go I'm gonna lap you a million times brother they go up together like so is this a relay race <laughs> <laughs> and she's like well not exactly and then they see the this stupid banner and they're like hunk contest no way and yeah. they start to walk off and she's like, oh, wait, no, you have to stay because my mom would be so disappointed. She just lies. This girl's a liar. Well, and then she kind of blackmails them because she says, you know, Luis, my dad is your boss. So I would hate to see what would happen if you didn't participate in this little contest that my mother put together. She's awful. I mean, that's that's straight up blackmail. She's a sexual predator, mm-hmm. we've discovered. This is she, se- this is sexually predatory. It is. Th- this whole this whole thing. thing. Because it's just uh, this weird uh, device so that she can get a date with Miguel. Well, not only that, but she they don't want to be naked in front want, of people. Yeah. And she's pressuring them yeah. into having their shirts off and being in their swim trunks in she's front of people. blackmailing Yeah, she's them. a bad... With, with his job. She, and we know that the, the everybody... Well, I guess everybody knows that the Fitzgerald... Lopez Fitzgeralds don't have a lot of money. And he's, like, mm-hmm. bringing money into the house. And she's saying, well, if you don't do this, then I'm going to make sure that my daddy takes away your job. And she... Messed up. It's fucked up. Yeah. She's very manipulative. And she deserves whatever she gets. Whatever Jessica has in store for her, I'm I'm down. Right now, it seems like Je- what Jessica has in store is to switch out this contest winner so that her sister Kay goes on a date with Reese, who's yeah. probably going to end up being like really handsome and yeah, great. Yeah, Re- Reese looks great, I think. Yeah, so that doesn't seem like a like a the right, but I Kay, think it's like a fair situation for how awful Kay is. But Kay will be very upset. That's not enough. Okay, she should. Their charges need to be. Yeah. and filed. So she sends them into the locker room, right? And there's other guys in there and they start saying, oh, watch out guys, the Lopez Fitzgeralds are here. <laughs> We're gonna win this. <laughs> so much machismo from it's, these boys. It's so dumb. <laughs> and then Ethan finally shows up. Oh, but before he shows up, the two are in the locker room and they they go, the writers have gone out of their way to explain, oh, there's some baby oil here for you to oil your bodies up. You know, so that you look good when you're on stage for our hunk contest. But make sure that you don't use this other stuff. It's basically like Bengay or ice. Some kind of liniment oil. Yeah. And they were like, oh, yeah, you put that on and then you'd be burning up so bad you forget you even had any aches and pains. So why... So you already know yeah. Ethan's going to end up with that oil. Of course. You already know. Poor Ethan. Oh. I actually I actually have, like, some sympathy for him. Yeah, he's really <laughs> he's going through, through it. the ringer. Yeah. But why would you have those, like, on the same table? Like, baby oil and painful burning stuff. 
Yeah. Well, you know? I think. I, yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know. I'm not going to rationalize it. It's dumb. Yeah. I'm not going to rationalize okay. it. I could, but I'm not going to because mm. it's stupid. So they're in the locker room. Then they leave. But on their way out, Ethan comes in. Right. Right. And everybody has gone out except yeah. for Louise. Yeah. So Louise, Louise is on his way out. Ethan is on his way in. And they collide. Yeah. And they're like, oh, look who it is. Ethan Crane. Louise. Lopez Fitzgerald. Well, except he doesn't call that call him that. He calls him like Mr. Happy Handcuffs or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Happy Handcuffs. <laughs> yeah. uh, good one, and Ethan. He says, and then it's like Ethan says, "May the best man win." And Louis was like, like, "I, I will." will. <laughs> and of course he did. And then he leaves. <sighs> Yeah, so, and then while this is happening, Kay has run into Teresa outside and is like, thank God you're here. Remember, yesterday I asked you for help for this contest. I can't do it all alone. So you need to go in, check the locker room, make sure all of the participants have their sashes on. Which and none sure of them had the their sashes on. None. They left them none. all in the locker room. Yes. They all left without sashes. They did. And Teresa shows up to the locker room. They've all left. Ethan is around the corner, so she can't see that he's there. And she knocks and she's like, hello, is everybody there? Like, you need to make sure you get out. And he's like, oh, I'm just changing right now. She's like, well, hurry up. I've got an important phone call to make. Right, because she thinks she's going to try and call the Crane Mansion she and did. apologize to She Ethan. did call the Crane Mansion and couldn't get Ethan on the phone. I have a question about this. Yeah, she did call the Crane Mansion. Does Her mother is the housekeeper there. And we know that her mother is at work there because they said so earlier in this episode. And we've seen her mother answer the phone before. So wouldn't her mother... And recognize her daughter's voice on the phone. There's more people than Pilar that work at the Crane Mansion. Somebody I'm sure else somebody else just first. answered the phone. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. So basically, uh, this has set us up for the next episode in which Teresa and Ethan will have another run in. He's probably going to end up with this Bengay all over his body instead yeah, of oil. Something horrible. Poor guy. Yeah. All right. So we'll be back with episode 17. And until then, enjoy, enjoy this, this ad. Oh. <laughs> And until then, <laughs> this is fine. It's Enjoyed fine. the ad. Okay. <laughs> Welcome back from the break. Hey, hey. Hope you enjoyed that ad. Wasn't it good? It was very good. Yeah. Written so- and produced by us. <laughs> anyway, we're getting back in the passions. Uh, episode 17, 17. now. 17. Episode 17. So... Honestly, oh, this episode starts in Paris. Yeah, we have a little, we have just a little bit of Paris at the beginning. Yeah, a short little piece of Paris in the mm-hmm. very beginning. We see Sheridan ripping up her pictures of Jean-Luc. I kind of loved it, actually. She's ripping up pictures. She, she's saying to herself over and over again, Sheridan Crane will never fall in love again. Yeah. It's very dramatic, but I didn't mind it. Yeah, it really sets us up for Sheridan's mindset right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's all, but that's all we see. They we get a little snippet of Sheridan, and then we move back to Harmony. Yeah, a little snippet. Um, and then, well, do you want to talk about Paris? Yeah, not really. I mean, basically, <laughs> I mean the the phone rings, and she thinks that it's Jean Luc calling to apologize and try to get her back, but it's just Gwen, and we can talk about what she and Gwen say later on. Well, we can talk about that now. we can talk about it now. Okay, so, and it's Gwen who is calling her uh, from Harmony who says, you won't believe what's going on. Ethan is competing in a male beauty contest, (laughs) which was hilarious. And then Sheridan, of course, tells Gwen that the wedding is off and explains that Jean-Luc actually had another fiancé. And Gwen apologizes. Oh, I'm so sorry. That's terrible. Blah, blah. Sheridan's like, you know, this isn't the first time it's happened. You know, it's happened before and I'm never going to let it happen again kind of thing. Yeah. But in this moment, I realized, because she thought Jean-Luc was calling her to try and win her back, she doesn't know. Yeah, she doesn't know that he's she dead. Nar- she narrowly escaped her being- own death. She was yeah. right. She was she right. right. Yeah. <laughs> if I only- gave her a lot of shit, but she was right. If only she could stay alive through the night. And I she mean, did. she wasn't wrong. And she, av- she did. She avoided some major later on heartbreak right yeah. like you don't want to have 12 children with this man and then find out that he's just been using you mm-hmm. right and i think she i mean she's got some heartbreak now but i think she probably avoided some greater heartbreak future heartbreak oh, you for know sure a, a, a lifetime yeah. of but she also avoided despair. avoided death so right good for you all sheridan. right sheridan good for you i was we were really ragging on her but yeah. maybe yeah. yeah she's all right all I the guess. choices she made led her to this moment yeah whatever yeah sheridan 
We'll see. I, the jury's still out. Yeah. <laughs> the jury's still out on Sheridan for me. Yeah. But yeah, we so we go back to Harmony and... Should we talk about... What should we talk about first? Yeah. The, I just don't even it's, know. It's tricky because the majority of this takes place around this Mr. Harmony hunk contest, but there are other bits and pieces that are interjected, you know, in yeah. true uh, soap opera form. So I think let's talk a little bit about Tabitha and then go into okay. carnival stuff. So Tabitha pours herself a, a nice stout beer. <laughs> she sits down. black. She sits... <laughs> It was a black beer. <laughs> it was. It had a head on it, too. Mm-hmm. It was the kind of beer I would never drink. Although I don't drink any beer, but that one looked nasty to me. It, it looked good. It looked mm-hmm. like a, um, why can't I think of the name of the Irish Guinness? beer? Guinness. Thank you. It looked like a Guinness. Mm-mm. It looked nasty. But, uh, yeah, so she sits down, pours herself a Guinness, and uh, she's going to she's gonna watch her stories. She's yeah. Gonna... No, Bewitched was on. She's <laughs> Timmy, be quiet. Bewitched is on. And so she's watching and she's like, stop it. Be, be quiet. And he's like, what are you talking about? I'm not making any noise. She's like, you don't hear that noise? And it's her Ouija board levitating it's, and making noise. Yeah, it's like, uh, it's, it's levitating unevenly so that the little counter thing on top of it is kind of like jiggling back and forth so you hear like a smacking sound yeah. on the board. <laughs> yeah, so she goes over and she's like, it's a message. They're back. They're, They're back. back. Talking about Faith and Charity are back in town. That's because right. we know they headed back to the carnival. So she doesn't know where they are, right? She just knows that they're back. So she sits down at her Ouija board and she says... But I have a question. Yeah. I'm sorry to interrupt. But did she tell Timmy that they'll die? Yeah, but that was later. She did. Oh. I thought... Okay. I yeah. was confused. So they sit down at the, car- at the Ouija board. She asked the thing, where are... Faith and charity now. Where where are the faith? Where are the sisters now? Where are they? And the thing spells out C A R N I, and then you know it's carnival. And she's right. like, oh my gosh, they're at the carnival. And Tammy says, like, okay, well, what's the big deal? And she says, what's the big deal? You and I both will die if they get together, basically. Mm. So I don't know why they'll die, but they will. But they will. I mean. That's a, that's a new layer. What are these opposing forces that are coming together that will result in the death of Timmy and Tabitha? There's more evil than just Tabitha. Right. And then there's, but then there's the light magic. I don't know. I don't know. We but just how are keep they watching. caught in the middle of it? You know what I mean? I have no clue. We don't know. So I don't, I don't We can it. speculate, but even, the, but it doesn't make any sense. So like even yeah. our speculation would just be wrong yeah right because we don't have enough information yeah it doesn't make sense to me yet but they'll keep giving us info yeah and honestly if i'm being completely honest i don't know if it ever actually makes sense i don't think that that's high on the list of priorities yeah i don't think it, <laughs> I, thinking back to it i don't know if it ever actually makes sense i think they kind of throw it all together but you hear how they talk about it evil and good yeah. it's all very broad yeah Yes, it's quite black and white. Yeah, it's all quite very, broad. very broad. There is this thing and this thing. So Tabitha heads to the carnival to break up the sisters, keep them from finding each other on her bicycle. <laughs> She's a witch on a bike. <laughs> I get you, my pretty. I got and a little, little dog, too. We did that, that at was the same time. Perfect crazy. unison. That's crazy. That was not prepared. It just no, happened. It just happened. Wow. Wow. Look at us. Something's happening here, and I don't know that I like it. Here. Yeah. So that's all that really happens with Tabitha. Right. But she's on her bike with Timmy on the like the handlebars okay, in a so, little basket. No, no. We got to talk about this because it looked at first like Timmy was in a basket. Timmy was not in a basket. Timmy was on top of a small chair that had been attached to the bicycle. Yeah. It was a chair. It was like a kitchen chair. Can we talk about how crazy Tabitha must look to the people of this town? (laughs) Right? Like, to us, of course she has a chair for Timmy on her bike. To the people of the town, she's a crazy (laughs) old lady riding a bike with, like, a children's chair for her dog. For her dog. (laughs) She's a... she, She looks... She looks crazier than Teresa. Yeah. Who is deranged, oh by gosh, the way? Oh, my such a good line. Teresa is deranged. Oh, so, actually, let's but, go on. Let's let go of Tabitha. 
And let's go back to the fair where or carnival where Tabitha is headed. And let's talk about faith and charity and grace. Yeah, let's do it. So Faith and Charity arrive at the carnival and they're like, oh, we got to stay away from that fortune teller snap because that shit was evil. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's how Faith feels. Charity's like, I don't know. I thought it was pretty cool when the witch and the doll floated in the air above <laughs> our heads. I thought it was really cool. Yeah. Oh, God, it was so funny. I still don't know how they did that. Charity and, is... and Faith's like, evil. I'm telling you, they, did, they used evil to do it. <laughs> Like, they just are not at all on the same page. And I don't understand. Because if you've been isolated for basically your entire life and raised by one person and kind of inundated with the same information forever, for for your forever, then how would you have diverged at any point? Yeah, exactly. And your opinion and your outlook has diverged so completely. It's interesting. I asked you this while we were watching that episode. Where is Charity's dad? Like, who is her father, I wonder? Maybe she goes to stay with him from time to time. I I don't know. They've never said anything about. Yeah, it. yeah. Maybe I she don't was, know. It was an immaculate conception. conception. Yeah, maybe she's a she's the holy child. Yeah, I don't know. No, they're the Trinity though. These three. Yeah, faith, charity, and grace. Yeah. Um. So Grace, stop. She's with Sam at the carnival, and she stops suddenly. She says, "Oh my goodness." I suddenly feel very complete and and joyous. I've never felt this way before. And at the same time, three feet away, three feet away. And I'm not, that's not, that's not an exaggeration. They were three feet from each other. Literally three feet away. Like maybe around a corner, kind of. I mean, it was insane that it, yeah, they were catty corner to each other. Yeah. And Faith looks at Charity at the same time as Grace is having her moment. And she looks at Charity and says, my spidey sense, my little twin telepathy is going off. And I've had a flash of pure joy. It's almost as if someone I care about was is very deeply happy. And Charity's <laughs> like, well, I am happy, Mom. Thanks. And she's like, I'm not talking about you, she's like, Charity. I'm not talking about you. I'm talking about my sister, Grace. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so, so she's like, well, this must mean that she's still alive. Because I would have felt it if she had died. Right. So it's clear that, like, the closer these sisters get to each other, their, their little twin telepathy ignites. And right. And is deeper, right? Right. So then Faith goes off because she's like, oh my gosh, my bus schedule has expired and I need to figure out when we're going to get home. We have to get home before dark, before evil finds us. So she goes off. (laughs) And then TC and Eve are randomly with Grace and Sam around the corner. And the other two walk away. Faith and Charity walk away. Eve and TC TC show up. And Eve points out the hunk contest that's going on across the way. This really fucked with me a little bit because nobody seemed upset about like nobody seemed concerned about this hunk contest because tc and grace are both organizers of this festival right they know that this shouldn't be happening well eve asks she's like aren't you in charge of this like how do you know how do you not know about this they're like well we didn't do it but they can see that k is kind of running the show yeah so i I think sam and grace i i kind of wasn't paying the most attention at this moment. But I think Sam and Grace were like, oh, I, this has to do with what, what the girls were talking about earlier. Let's, so they just let it play out? stand back and see what's going on. It looks like it's well organized. She's doing a good job. Ha ha. So they just... Exploiting men? Yeah. So they just keep a distance and watch it happen. So weird. It was very strange. It was weird. So let's talk about this Harmony Hunk contest and all the drama surrounding it at this moment. Oh my gosh. Um, it's it's a little confusing, yeah. like all the flashbacks and stuff. So bear with us. Well, we'll do our best. Basically, there's nothing. There, there's some new information, but yeah, there's a lot of flashbacks. So we'll just give you the mostly the new information, which mm-hmm. is that Teresa, as you know, is in the locker room with Ethan, who's getting ready to go for this harmony hunk contest. Mm-hmm. She recognizes him. He has his back turned to her. He asks her, could you put some baby oil on my back? I don't know why he did this. I don't know why he thinks it's a good idea to ask a stranger to rub him down with oil. I Like, I don't know why he never turned around to look at her. I don't know why he didn't question why there was a woman in the men's locker room. I don't know a lot of things, right? (laughs) Just so many things. So while this moment is happening, outside... Luis is talking to Miguel and says, oh, I, I bumped into Crane in the in the locker room and 
I basically told him he has no chance here. He's probably running scared by now. <laughs> and Miguel Miguel is very concerned. He says, uh, Ethan Crane is in this contest? <laughs> and Luis said, yeah, he's in this contest. And, you know, I hope, I hope Teresa gets to see that he is not all that and blah, 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 right? He's not all that because her brothers are going to kick his ass and yeah. all, the, all this other stuff. Yeah. So then Luis walks away, macho, and feeling really proud of himself. <laughs> and Miguel is so concerned. He's like, all right, I got to go talk to Whitney now. So he goes to talk to Whitney. He says, Whitney, Ethan is here. She goes, what? Ethan Crane? Yeah, Ethan Crane is here. Where's Teresa? And she's like, I don't know. I haven't seen her. He's like, you got to find Teresa, right? So <laughs> so um, they have a little conversation because <laughs> this is my favorite part of the whole conversation. There's this little conversation where he says, you got to find Teresa because this is really bad. And Whitney says, well, it certainly doesn't look good. And Louise says, no, it looks like my sister's deranged. <laughs> like, if, if Ethan sees her here, he's going to think she's deranged. <laughs> and he go, and then he goes off on yeah. like all the things that have happened over the past day, you know? Yeah, it all happened in a day. And, uh, oh, so, so good. She, it looks like it looks like my sister's deranged. That cracked me up because yeah. that's the perfect. It does. <laughs> she does look completely deranged, she really especially does. when we go back to the locker room scene. Oh goodness! So as is expected, Teresa is starstruck. She recognizes Ethan, even though she, he has not really turned around to look at her. She recognizes his voice. She sees his profile. She's like, "Oh my gosh, that's Ethan!" And she's dazed and picks up the liniment oil or ointment or whatever instead of the body oil uh, right that so we talked to, that they have set up to say right. this shit burns it's awful you shouldn't put this on be careful not to use this yeah use, which and if you do use very very little like you said why is it w with the baby oil what yeah right why is it even there so she picks up the wrong thing and ethan is talking to her and he says you know are you from Harmony? Have you lived here long? She's like, I am born and raised. I know everybody in town, blah, blah, blah. And he goes, oh, that's great because I actually need help finding a specific girl. She is like, oh my God, he's looking for me. She gets all excited. She can't believe that Ethan Crane is looking for her. She thinks that Ethan is going to like profess his undying love to her. She doesn't realize that he's looking for her because... He has been stalked and harassed and injured. And wants to make sure she's not trying girl. to kill him and wants to make sure she gets, like, some ju some justice done, right? Right. And he, and she asks him to describe her, right? And right. he starts saying, well, she's about 5'3", brown hair. And he's saying it all very matter-of-factly. Yeah. And she is hearing it with, like, rose-colored <laughs> earbuds, right? Like, she's hearing it. As if he's describing, oh, she has chestnut brown hair <laughs> and the moon lights up in her eyes. He That's did, how she hears it. He did kind of pause and was like, and her eyes, they pierce into your soul. <laughs> like, he did actually say something like he that. He was like, I don't. <laughs> but what he also said was, I don't know what color her eyes were. I thought he said brown. He said he didn't. He said, I don't know what color her eyes. He said her hair was brown. He said he didn't know what color her eyes were. Oh, okay. That man... I thought he said brown hair, brown eyes, mm -hmm. and then went off about the eyes. But mm -hmm. he did say he did kind of pause about her eyes. He he kind of was like, and her eyes. Well, I don't remember what color her eyes were. <laughs> oh, so she's hearing one thing, he's saying another, and she gets distracted and sp spills a little too much oil, and is like, can I rub it in? And he says, yeah, that's fine. <laughs> yeah, and, sure, why not? Uh, and she like Stranger. Her, her like lip with anticipation that is <laughs> listen to me that is like Teresa's look that's what she that is her look for everything this going girl, forward this girl she's like well I think I can help you find this girl because it's me Ethan it's me Ethan when when I say the phrase the man jumped out of his skin <laughs> I have never seen a human leap out of the way like this guy. He shot up out of his seat. He was sitting on one of those benches in the locker room. He like sidestep hopped over it. Over another hopped bench. over the one next to it. Yeah. All the way to the other side of the locker room in like 0. .02 seconds. I mean, he did it in the flash of an eye. He yeah. got so much he, air. He got big air yeah. on these jumps. Man. He was in complete terror. Right? <laughs> complete and He honor. was 
terrified. He's scared of her. <laughs> Understandably, right. she's deranged. Yeah. Everywhere he goes, he sees this girl that he doesn't know. It's clear that she knows him because he she knew his name, <laughs> right? So this person that you've never seen in your life, you suddenly encounter, what, three, four separate times? And as Whitney says later in the episode, actually pretty soon here in an argument that she has with Teresa, uh, that every time she sees this man, she just dumps a disgusting thing on him. Yeah. Every single time. Well, and Teresa, so Ethan basically in very firm words to Teresa says to her to stop stalking him and that you're a menace. He calls her a menace. And then Whitney interrupts. She runs in and she finally has found Teresa. She's been looking. She was trying to avoid this situation, right? (laughs) But she didn't make it in time. So... She tells Ethan, oh, you got to go backstage. They're really, they're waiting on you for the contest. He's like, no, I got to talk to this woman. And she's like, well, they really need you. And he's like, okay, well, don't let her go anywhere. Yeah, he's like, well, (laughs) if duty calls. Yeah, and so he goes to be in this stupid contest instead of dealing with his stalker. And, And Whitney goes off on Teresa, and rightly so. She's a good friend. She's like, look, this is the deal. You gotta let this shit go, girl. Before before Whitney goes in on her, she, part of the reason she does is because Teresa, as Ethan is leaving, is yelling like, no, wait, I have to tell him. And she turns to, to Whitney and tells her, I have to explain. I have to tell him I love him. Girl, no. <laughs> no, 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 no. That is not the right move no. here. It's not the right move. It's the wrong move. Completely deranged. Completely deranged. Delusional. Mm-mm. Crazy Delusional. Teresa. Lunatic. Yeah, this poor girl. She's a, mess. a lunatic. A whole mess. So, yeah, tell her, Winnie goes off on her a little bit. Goes off on her a little bit, and that's all you really need to know. They go back and forth, and Teresa pleads her case, and Whitney tries to knock some sense into her, and then eventually she actually lo- finds the oil, because Teresa's, like, still hanging on to it, and so Whitney takes the oil and goes to slam it down with the other jars or whatever, <laughs> and she's like, is this the oil that you used on Ethan's back? And Teresa says, yeah. And Whitney's like, we used this at my summer tennis camp. And guess what? This is not body oil. This is liniment. And we've got to get back to the house. Your hands are going to fall off. Like, you've she's been rubbing it into his skin. She's like, this is not good. So she quickly whisks Teresa away from the carnival. And they run back to the Lopez Fitzgerald house. And explains, she explains to Teresa, like, you have yet again done something horrible to this man and he should be feeling the effects right about now yeah and right about now ethan ends ends up backstage uh at the contest and luis and miguel are talking some smack about him and then miguel's like oh you know i wonder if that girl will be here and luis is like oh that girl that you saw blah 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 and so they're talking about charity and hoping that she'll be at the contest and luis goes off on ethan a little bit and that's it's just the rivalry. They're just yeah, like, it's little it's, dumb boy stuff. It's dumb boy rivalry kind of junk. Yeah, and even his backstage, he's like trying to reach his back. He's like, my back is on fire. <laughs> and then, and then Luis is like, what? You scared to go out there? You scared? And it's like, fuck this. I gotta go. I gotta go watch this shit yeah. off. So he goes back to the locker room to wash off, and Gwen comes in, and he says, well, she did it again. Basically about this girl. Yeah, I actually wrote down exactly what he he said. She did it again, Gwen. I shouldn't have let her go. Next time I see her, I won't. I'm going to kill her. Yeah, yeah, and it was kind of... Yeah. mm -hmm. mm, Yeah. Okay, Ethan. I did find it interesting that he was like, I shouldn't have let her go. You know what I mean? Because Mm. I feel like that's... It's a little foreshadowing. It's a little foreshadowing. But obviously delivered with, I shouldn't have let her go. She's yeah. the one that got away. Mm, but he did not say it like that away. this time. She's the menace that got away. <laughs> Dennis the menace, this one. The menace. So the last thing we need to talk about is Ivy and Pilar. Well, we have to talk about the results of the contest. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's talk. I mean, who do- y'all know what happens in yeah. this contest. We've explained it like 30 times, yeah. right? But let's, let's definitely should, do you that. You should know what happens, right? So Reese shows up at the carnival a little bit early and is talking to Jessica. And she just is like, why are you here? You shouldn't be here early. Like, make sure that you don't say anything to Kay because we don't want to spoil the surprise about the fact that you're going to be going with her on the dinner date. Because Kay, of course, has has decided there are no judges, right? She is the judge and the jury. She's decided that Miguel is going to win this contest so that she can go on a date with him. Of course, he wins first place. 
Of course, Luis wins runner-up. And of course, Charity is sitting in the audience and sees Miguel win this prize. Yeah. The Harmony Hunk contest. Although they didn't announce what the prize was. Nope. They just said that he was the winner. And Luis, after the winners have been announced, Luis says to Miguel, he's like, I gotta get to work, pick up my prize for me. And then he leaves. Yeah. So yeah, we don't know what any of the prizes are. I don't think Luis is gonna get anything. (laughs) Yeah. Because Kay hasn't thought that that much through. No. And uh, what a shit prize. A date with you. A date with a teenager. Yeah. Most of these people are adults. It's weird. Mm -hmm. Also, at one point, Luis is like, so where are the judges? And Kay was like, oh, uh, they requested to be anonymous. So they're sitting in the crowd, but you don't get to know who they are. Like, she's just... Everything a liar. Really, She's a liar. Yeah, but everything's also, like, really half-assed lies. Like, all these people around her are just accepting it. And then her own parents are watching from a distance as she commandeers their carnival. Yeah. So I think that's basically it at, at the, the carnival. carnival. So we yeah. just have to talk about Ivy yes. and Pilar. Mm-hmm. So Pilar is at work at the Crane Mansion, and she's talking to Ivy, and Ivy's talking about um, how much she loves her sons, specifically Ethan, really. Mm -hmm. Um, And they're talking about their kids and how they wish they could spend more time with their kids. And Ivy says to Pilar, I met your son last night. Yeah, he showed up to investigate gunshots. And Pilar is really shocked. She's like, what do you mean gunshots? What happened? And she doesn't really say much other than, well, it obviously didn't go well with Julian and Suzanne. She no longer works here. By the way, does your son have a grudge against our family? And they kind of pivot from there where Pilar is like, oh, well, you know, he just doesn't like that I that I work so much. Yeah. You know, she doesn't obviously she's not going to tell her employer that her oldest son despises them because he thinks they murdered his father and brother. Right. So she tries to smooth over the situation and Ivy accepts it. And then they start talking about how they love their children so much. And Pilar says, you know, I wish I could spend more time with my kids, especially my daughter, Teresa. You know, she's at that age. She's a little she's having trouble right now. And, you know. Uh Uh-huh. And she says, and Luis got her a job at the got her a job that she's not so thrilled about. She doesn't say it was at the cannery, but that she's not so thrilled about. And she says she had her first day of work, but it's not really the kind of place for my daughter. She doesn't She doesn't want to be there, and I don't know what to do for her. And then Ivy very graciously is like, you know, I've been wanting to kind of spend more time with Ethan since he's home for good now, and I thought maybe I should get a personal secretary to kind of take some of my workload off of me, which her, wor- her workload is like picking out clothes and scheduling meetings for pedicures. Schedule a meeting for a pedicure. (laughs) (laughs) Scheduling pedicure meetings. Yeah, she doesn't really go into it. I assume she must have some um, affiliations with her husband's businesses. Uh, Maybe being on boards and serving in some positions that we that they have not told us about. But it's really unclear. Yeah, it's not clear exactly what she needs, but she does desire to hire a private secretary. And she's like, you know, why don't you have your your daughter Teresa? Come talk to me about the job. And Pilar obviously has reservations about this. And she does not want Teresa working in the Crane Mansion in such close proximity to Ethan. She doesn't really tell Ivy. She doesn't say that to Ivy at all. She just says, oh, I don't know. Oh, we'll see. And Ivy says, well, you want to spend more time with your daughter. And I've got this job. And this way you can keep an eye on her, I think. And Ivy really kind of just kind of pushes Pilar on this. Yeah, she does. You know, I think she's. I think her heart's in the right place, but it's one of those things where it's like, mind your fucking business. Yeah. Mind your business, ho. Yeah. I, like, again, I think her heart's in the right place, but I think part of it is like, oh, Pilar is poor and her family needs help and I want to help any way I can. But, like, if she's like, no, this isn't for us, then just let it be. Yeah. Let it ride. Yeah. You know? Because you are about to invite all all manner of shenanigans yeah. into your home. Yeah, I do think her heart's in a good place. Because Pilar is like, you know, there's no more jobs available. So, yeah. like, she has a job. She hates her job. There's nothing available. And Ivy's like, well, I might have a job, you know? Yeah. So, like, it, for her, of course, she's like, yeah, this is perfect. Let's do it. And Pilar can't tell her why mm-hmm. she doesn't think it's a good idea. So there's So we're creating some conflict here. I mean, we know it's going to happen. 
So, so Pilar goes home. Mm-hmm. Teresa's there. They have a little conversation about the cannery. Yeah, and, Teresa comes clean. Yeah, and she, Pilar's like, oh, your brother's going to be so disappointed in you, blah, blah, blah. And then she hesitates to tell Teresa about this job, which is the correct move. Don't tell her about this. Yeah. Don't tell her about this. But then she tells her. But then she tells her. She's Wrong like, move. well, Ivy did offer to give you a job as her personal secretary. Like, why'd you yeah. even tell her that? Yeah. You, she is unhinged, this child. This girl. She's unhinged. But Why the, would you tell her that? But the thing, too, is that Teresa Teresa says, oh, this means I'll be able to help her pick out clothes. I'll be able to do this. She, I, I'm not sure that a personal secretary, like a personal assistant, would really do the work that Teresa thinks that she's going to be doing. Mm. You know what I mean? Mm. I think Ivy okay. has a certain set of needs that she is anticipating she's going to need help with and Teresa has decided she's going to like style her right you know what I mean like that's <laughs> yeah, she's not, her stylist that's not the job Teresa yeah. you're not going to do her hair and makeup and pick out her clothes like that's not a personal secretary yeah that's not what a personal assistant does but I don't know Pilar tells Teresa that she doesn't want her there that Luis would disapprove but obviously she's going to get the I mean yeah. she, there's no other work for her to have well and Pilar Kind of puts her foot down and says, no, you can't, you can't take this job. Which is why I was like, why did you even tell her in the first place? Yeah, but right. she says, no, you can't take this job. End of story. Walks away. Then, but Teresa did not hear any of that because she says to Whitney, wouldn't it be so amazing? Can you imagine me? Oh, I'm going to be working for Ivy Crane in the Crane Mansion. And Whitney's like, but your mom just said no. And Teresa's like, that doesn't matter. Yeah. <laughs> That doesn't matter. That doesn't matter. matter. I mean, that's Teresa, man. So I imagine Teresa, I feel like Teresa might just show up to the Crane Mansion. Yeah, I think she's going to go behind her mother's back and just go to the mansion, talk with Ivy, not tell Pilar what happened, accept the job, and put her mother in the situation, in the middle of the situation where she can't really win. Yeah. You know, she can't make her daughter quit after she's taken the job and save face with them, but also protect her own job. Right. Because they'll be working for the same employer, right? So that so that's basically and there's a little snippet. We go back to Paris where Roger is talking with that hitman about Sheridan Crane. Yeah, and, Mr. Bomb. He, Mr. Bomb man. Mr. Bomb. He presents a photo and he says, This was taken I'll do it in a French accent. A shitty French accent. Yes. He presents a photo to Roger and he says, This photo was taken at the exact moment that the bomb went off. Yeah. The exact moment the, that the bomb went by off. By who? By Exactly, by who? He said he was around the corner and he heard the explosion. By who? Exactly. Who Did photo? you set up a camera? Is it like one of those things when you go to theme parks and you're on the roller coaster and they always take a picture <laughs> at the exact same place? You know? At the exact same bomb? Yeah. Yeah. So that just made me giggle because I thought that was Yeah, really I stupid. made me giggle too. This is so dumb. Yeah. And so the henchman, or, or sorry, so Roger is like, you need to confirm that Sheridan was the one killed. Now, they don't know that this woman is Sheridan Crane, right? They just yeah, know they don't know who she blonde, is. It's a blonde American woman, woman mm-hmm. right? Okay, so she, they're like, you need to confirm that it is this, that it's the right woman. And so they actually call the morgue, and he tells the henchman that the woman who was killed was a brunette. And so the henchman, of course, reports this to Roger. They're like, oh, the hair color doesn't match. We need to go after this blonde. Check every airport. We have to find her. She has seen my face and. We have to we have to take care of this. Yeah, and if she thinks her life is in danger, she could be on her way out of Paris, basically. Right. Wanted, but isn't that what you want? Don't you want her to leave? Right. Uh, anyway, I, it's stupid to me. This part of this story is so fucking dumb. Yeah. It's it's, it's just dumb. It's I don't know. It's funny. I laugh at it. You know. I don't. I don't yeah. find it threatening. I don't take it seriously. The whole thing is kind of funny to me. This, but it's. Whatever. There's just so much other story I want to get to, yeah. and I don't want to spend any time on this. Yeah, you know. But so Sheridan calls down to her driver, and he's like, "She's like, get the car ready. I'm going home. Like, we are going to the airport, and I'm going home to Harmony. She's headed back to Harmony. So that's kind of, I think that's kind of where it ends. That's right? where it ends, and we shall see what comes next for the citizens, the wonderful, wonderful citizens of Harmony, Harmony, USA." They'll all be in the same place, finally. Finally, we have we can leave France behind. How long do you think this day is going to be? How long do I think this day is going to be? How many we episodes? Al- I, we already did the Harmony Hunt contest, which was the point of this day. Yeah. So I think this day is going to last for another 
two episodes. I, there's no more. Well, we have the date done. We have the date, which is supposed to be the same night. Okay, so, so maybe three episodes. Maybe three. Okay. I don't think it'll be much. Yeah, Cause, but I could be wrong. Day two was such a long day. I know that's why 10, I'm like wondering days. how they're gonna draw this one out. But I don't think they would do that again back to back. Teresa's gotta go talk to talk to Ivy and get the job. Gotta have the date. Yeah. There's so, not there's, a whole well, we got, lot. We've got to some be hijinks done. with Reese. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, but I don't, I don't think know. it's gonna be that much hijinks because because Reese is not a character anybody cares about yet. Yeah. At all. And we don't really care about Kay either. Mm, yeah. So we've got we've got some like, well, I don't know. We've got to do some hijinks at the carnival with Tabitha and Tabitha and the and twins. Faith. Yeah. So I don't know. Maybe another four or five yeah. days. Maybe another four or five days, but okay. I don't think it'll be another like ten days again. God, I hope not. That was insane. Yeah, it's too too much. All right. Oh, well, we hope you enjoyed this long episode. Yeah. Check us out on our social media, pod, uh, Passions Podcast. We have Facebook. We have Instagram. You can send us an email. We even have a YouTube channel. We have a YouTube channel now, y'all. Yeah. Check it's, it out. It's just promos on there, but it's subscribe fun. if you want. Yeah. Also on YouTube, you can watch Passions. So just check the description for links to the channels where you can watch Passions and subscribe to those channels. And also subscribe to our podcast wherever you listen to podcasts and also rate our podcast <laughs> wherever you listen to podcasts, rate our podcast. especially on apple give us a Thank good you. rating though yeah five not, five a, stars. not, a, yeah. not a lousy i assume measly star. i assume if you've made it to like whatever episode we're on now 12. Tw- episode 12 you already have given us five stars and if you haven't shame on you <laughs> How dare you? We're going to shame and embarrass you into giving us stars. How dare you? (laughs) Number one, who do you, number one, who do you think you are? And number two, how dare you? How dare you? Uh, We're just a couple of bullies. No. No, we're not. Nah. Because watch this. We live, we, 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 fun bullies. We sing to you just like this. You ready? I'm so ready. You are my passion for life. (laughs) Sorry.